Marble Machine. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. It seems that eating a marble out of the marble machine has sort of messed around with my digestive system. Not necessarily in a bad way, but I did experience a strange hunger for marbles right after I woke up. Funnily, whenever I am up here in the attic, closer to the machine, the hunger immediately goes away. Oh, hi Tim! How do you feel? Any other symptoms other than talking and sound effects? Hmm. Tim says he hasn't eaten at all since he touched the marble machine. At least not what most of us would consider food. Instead of eating, Tim has been roaming the streets with a microphone and a portable recorder to collect new sound effects. This, so he says, not only gives him a feeling of a full belly, but also broader vocabulary when speaking the, well, let's call it the sound effect language. Hmm. Tim says some sounds are tastier than others. So, do you mean that there are, like, fast food sounds and gourmet sounds? Well, I wouldn't know that either. Anyway, listeners, the marble machine seems to be productive about once every three weeks or once a month. (laughs) Interesting, Tim. According to Tim, the more listeners we have, the more willing the marble machine is to spit out more stories. Well, I guess that makes sense. More listeners would make me happy too. But let's get right to the next story, listeners. After all, I am really starving for another marble. Hello, marble machine. Let's see what you have got for me today. seems the marble machine spat out two marbles at once. One tiny silver one and one yellow one, about the size of a 50 cent coin. Tim, any suggestions? Aha! Tim says the first is a silver special guest marble. Hmm. Let me see what happens when I swallow it. Today's story's special guest is Mario Knapp, film musician, composer, and musician. Thank you, Mario Knapp. You are the Marble Machine's personal hero for this month. So, sort of like a marble superhero, huh? I guess Tim didn't like that joke very much. He says that the other marble is Desert Jello Yellow. This means that it is a story about time travel and suitable for everyone over the age of 12. Well, let's see how it tastes, listeners. Pretty Silly of God Written and narrated by Jacob Graff Recorded and edited by Tim Höfer Night fell as Nathaniel closed his eyes. He sat with his back against the only rock within 30 miles. 
The next village was further away still, and besides the rock, there was nothing but sand as far as the eye could see. Nathaniel needed no sleep. An ancient breathing exercise that was taught to him by a Zoroastrian fire priest kept him warm at night and restored his energies. He had been born in the beginning of the second century. For the people of his hometown, this was a time of turmoil and confusion. The Roman Emperor Severus had just passed an edict which forbade conversion to Christianity. Everyone who followed its beliefs was considered disloyal to the empire and thus persecuted. Despite the Roman oppressors, Nathaniel had studied the old and the new teachings thoroughly and developed a righteous way of living which he taught to anyone willing to listen. He had an answer for every skeptic and a good advice for every problem that was brought before him. Many of his followers saw him as a prophet, teaching the way of God. The problem was that Nathaniel was no longer certain what this way of God was. A simple thought had crossed his mind and created a seed of doubt that grew restlessly. The thought was that one prophet alone could never get rid of all the evil in the world, not in the span of one lifetime. The people's complaints would never cease and they would always come to him with new burdens. Mostly these new problems were but old ones dressed in new garments, but that didn't change the fact that he would not be around forever to deal with them all. It made all his efforts seem meaningless. How could he teach mankind to walk if the moment he died, they would all forget what their feet were for? Was it the fate of every prophet to be replaced by another, who would in turn fail just to be replaced again? And if so, when would this cycle end? The idea that only a chosen few would reach the kingdom of heaven in every age of mankind was unacceptable to him. This was the reason why he had wandered into the desert, to speak to God. When the tenth night of solitude in the desert ended, Nathaniel, like in the nights before, let his heart speak to God. Only this time, something responded. A thrumming energy suddenly invaded his head, and Nathaniel didn't know whether this was a divine being or a demon speaking to him. Distracted by a sudden movement of the ground on which he was sitting, he opened his eyes and saw that he was no longer sitting on sand, but on the back of a donkey. It seemed to stand still, but as he looked at his surroundings, he realized that the desert was passing by, as if he were moving through it with great speed. He closed his eyes and opened them again, but the vision remained. Only now, he was no longer sitting on a donkey, but in a Roman chariot pulled by horses. The desert was still rushing past. Rocks emerged and then other formations. He blinked and was in the mountains, blinked again and they became hills and valleys. One moment strange villages emerged just to be replaced by huge towns and cities with buildings of sorts that he had never laid eyes upon before. Every time he blinked, his means of transportation changed too. After the donkey, there came all kinds of different chariots and other horse-drawn vehicles that no man of his time had ever encountered. The vehicles became stranger and stranger, and the landscapes and dwellings more surreal. Countless times deserts became fields of snow, and fields of snow became forests, and forests deserts again. Wooden houses became concrete ones, broad buildings became slim, and sometimes great towers loomed high up into the sky with pillars of smoke oozing out of their chimneys. 
At one point, Nathaniel was sitting in a cabin made of a material that seemed alien to him. Finally, he blinked again and what he saw was so unbelievable that he could not bear watching it for long. He was still in a cabin of some sort, only now he was flying like a bird. Beneath him, an ocean flew by, and as day changed to night, he saw strange lights of fire far below that looked like roads of glowing yellow and red ants. Nathaniel closed his eyes to focus and send the visions away. A strong thunder roared in the distance. There was a rustle of leaves and the shaking of trees as a strong wind started to blow. He felt the change of weather on his skin. The structure against which he was resting his back transformed again. And then someone spoke. Shit, no, a female voice said. That at last made him stir and open his eyes. Rain was pouring down on him. To his surprise, he was sitting on a damp, warm ground amidst the thick forest. Right before him there stood a girl, no older than fourteen. She picked up an object from the ground and wiped the mud off it with her sleeve. Her clothes seemed unworldly to Nathaniel, and if these garments were of this world, they must have been made in some distant land that had been left entirely forsaken by God. The rain grew heavier. Nathaniel watched as the girl covered up in her snakeskin-like cloak. Ha! It still works! The girl in the dark green Gore-Tex raincoat with the yellow zippers said, waving her iPhone in front of his face. Nathaniel curiously watched her fumble with another apparatus that hung on her nose and ears. It seemed to shield her eyes from the rain. That's my tree, you know, the girl said, wiping her glasses dry before she put them back on again. I mean, not literally mine, of course. I just come here a lot and... It's my favorite one, but eh, never mind. She was looking at the rectangular object again now. It seemed to be of great value to her. To his surprise, the girl spoke to it and called it mother. Hey mom, I still have a real shitty reception. That's why I didn't call you back. I hope this voice message gets through though. I'll WhatsApp you when I get back to the city, okay? Bye. Nathaniel was surprised by the foreign language the girl spoke yet even more surprised that he could understand her. Some of the words made no sense to him, and he was quite certain that she was possessed by some evil spirit. Maybe she had come to him for help. He took a breath, cleared his throat, but as he tried to speak, he felt his tongue stiffen. There was a crack of thunder, and a flash of lightning hit him straight in the temple. Jesus! The girl cried and jumped backwards. No. My name is Nathaniel, he said, amazed that he was now speaking the foreign tongue. But I do preach the Messiah's way. Uh, my name is Tracy. Are you all right, mister? I think you just got struck by lightning. I do not know what struck me, but whatever it was, this must all be a test of some sort. I think your brain just got fried. I, I, I'd call you an ambulance, but I have no reception. Do you... She looked at the clothes he was wearing. You are probably not even carrying a phone, right? Are you like one of those LARP guys that dress up and then meet in the forest to act as if you were in Game of Thrones or something? Her words seemed very odd to him. Nathaniel wasn't sure if the girl was a demon spirit, a vision sent by the father himself to test him, or just some lost creature who needed guidance. 
Have you come to join my following? You're what? The girl asked and checked her phone again. Are you in a sect? God damn it, there's still no connection. She had cursed the Almighty. Now there was no doubt that some evil spirit was at work here. My girl, Nathaniel spoke calmly. Has your father not taught you the rules of the old scriptures? What? Take the one who spoke against the Lord. Then all the people who heard him must put their hands on his head, and all the people must throw stones at him and kill him. Nathaniel paused, then gave her a comforting smile. Jesus would not be so quick to judge, and I myself can see that you have a good heart. Yet there is clearly a demon that speaks through you, for you have cursed the Lord. Did you not notice this? <laughs> That's good, real good. You sound so authentic. What movie is that from? Wait, she looked around. Are they shooting a movie here? Are, are you an actor? I am a prophet. A prophet? Can I take a picture of you from my IG, please? The heavy rain had stopped and the storm was moving on. Despite the calming of the weather, another flash hit Nathaniel, but this time it came out of the small white thing the girl was holding toward him. Nathaniel shielded his face. Away with you, demon! You have no power over me. Fear not, my girl. Whatever this instrument is that possesses you, I will free you from it. His feet had become numb from the long hours of meditation, and it took him some time to get up. When he did, the girl showed him the picture she took of him with her iPhone. Look at you, Mr. Prophet. Can I post this? It is I! Nathaniel shouted in horror and took a step back. Yup. Uh, hey, are you okay? Am I the demon that haunts this little child? Nathaniel asked and turned his head up to the sky. What is the meaning of this? Do you wish that I stop my ministry? Will it lead to evil? Is that the meaning of this vision? Okay, I really think we should get you to a hospital, sir. Child, pray tell me. I was in the desert at first, but the Lord sent me to this foreign land. Where are we? Epping, Tracy said. E Epping Forest. This name means nothing to me. Tracy of Epping Forest. Where are your parents? The US. But I live in London now, w with my uncle. The demon that wears my face. How did you come by it? This? Tracy asked, waving her iPhone. The Apple Store? Which kingdom? The United Kingdom, I guess? You must mean the Roman Empire. Romans? Um, I, I suck at history, you know, I'm sorry. The Roman Empire was thousands of years ago, right? I, I get it, she chuckled. You must be a time traveler. Nathaniel considered this for a moment. Maybe, he said at last. Maybe I have traveled through time. What year is this? 2019? Then it must be so. Is it common in your age to encounter visitors from the past? You're the first I've ever met, so no, uh, I would say not very common. Are you collecting herbs for your parents, or why are you out in the forest alone? Herbs? I come here to paint, actually, and to get away from the kids at school. 
My parents don't know that I'm here. What do you paint? Tracy took out a folder from under her coat in which she kept her sketches and a few pencils and crayons. She showed Nathaniel a few of her works. Mostly she drew abstract art, humanoid figures that were strangely growing roots or somehow part of the earth. Trees with wings and other sorts of fantastical hybrid creations of her mind. What devilish creations! Um, thanks, I guess. You don't have to like it. I never really show my stuff to anyone anyway. I just paint b because it helps me. How does it help you? Tracy hesitated. I don't have many friends, you know. I don't get along with my parents. Kids in school bully me. Nothing drastic, just on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. But it, it kind of sucks. I like being out here in the forest drawing. It helps me feel more peaceful, I guess. Some of your words seem very strange to me. But perhaps it is because our worlds are so far apart. A peaceful mind is a good thing. You speak so... calm. I used to believe that I could teach people how to lead a righteous life. Now I am not so sure anymore. Well, I can imagine. Two thousand years of time travel must have been pretty rough. You really believe God sent you through time, huh? I do not know, child. Well, you know, in our time, not many people believe in God anymore. No one my age, anyway. What do you believe in? Well, I don't know. Happiness, I, I guess. Many people fake a happy life online, though. She got out her iPhone again. Nathaniel had almost forgotten the demon that wore his face. But before he could address the matter, Tracy jumped next to him and took a selfie. Look! Now it wears both our faces. Yes, we call it taking a picture. Everybody does it, and everyone has one of these, she said and passed her iPhone to Nathaniel. He turned it around and examined it, and then gave it back to Tracy, shaking his head in disbelief. What is it? An iPhone? And everyone in your age is possessed by this demon, you say? No one calls it a demon. I guess it can be good and bad for you. Depends on how you use it. The right of choice, Nathaniel said, nodding. A wise man I once knew, a Zoroastrian fire priest, believed that we choose between devil and God in every single one of our actions. Pray tell me of your world and the years that have passed, child. What, like all the years since the Roman Empire? I told you I suck at history. Tracy decided to show Nathaniel a three-minute summary of world history in a YouTube video. Nathaniel listened and paid particularly close attention when the invention and use of nuclear weapons was mentioned. For a moment his face hardened, and he looked sad. What's wrong? If this is true, I have come to a time in which man has created an evil that can destroy the world. These weapons that the slave inside your iPhone talks about, they still exist, right? They do, Tracy said. There's no slave in my... Oh, never mind. After seeing the evil the weapon brings, mankind decided not to use it again. Mm, not yet, Tracy said. Nathaniel sighed. Not yet, yes. Well, then hope is not yet forsaken. He looked at the iPhone again. Does he answer all questions one poses? Pretty much. 
may I try? Sure. Oh, great iPhone, bringer of knowledge, tell me, is there more evil or good in this strange world of the future? You don't need to be so epic, Tracy said and asked Siri. Hey Siri, is there more good or more evil in the world? The web search came up with a bunch of different results that didn't really answer the question. I guess this is something people have different opinions on, you know, like when there's not just one answer to something? How curious, Nathaniel said. Here I am, thousands of years after I was born, with an instrument that knows the answers to everything. And still the problem remains. Will the world ever be free of evil? Tracy shrugged her shoulders. Here's another one it probably won't know the answer to. How does it feel to travel through time? Well, maybe I can try to explain. Please do, Tracy said and sat down on a tree stump and got out her sketchbook and some pencils, brushes and paints. Do you mind if I sketch a little? I, I promise I can paint and listen at the same time. I'm a girl. Multitasking, you know? No, I don't know. But yes, feel free to paint. His words calmed Tracy and really got her into a flow of painting. After he had explained his journey through time to her, as detailed as he thought possible, Tracy painted in silence for a while. Then she handed him the drawing. It was a sketch of the earth, and from its round outline emerged symbols of all the past ages of mankind. Tracy had drawn monkeys and men, trees and huts, and the first dwellings of man in caves. Then came villages and cities with buildings tall and small, churches, a Jesus cross, and next to it a Buddha and a Hindu god with many arms. Then soldiers and weapons and other symbols of war. At last Tracy had drawn the technological gadgets of our present day and a space shuttle completed the circle around her Earth. Nathaniel studied the drawing with great interest. You have a gift, child. You like it? I think your painting has answered my question, he said and looked up from the sketchbook. A tear of joy was trickling down his cheek. What do you call it? The painting? Yes. I, I never name my stuff. Then I will call it Through Timeless Eyes. Mm, okay, cool. But how, how did my painting answer your question? You painted every age of mankind, every moment I passed through on my travel, but as if seen in one instant, as if seen through timeless eyes. Imagine if this is how God sees the world. He sees the beginnings of creation, the end of time, and all that was in between. You mean like he sees all times all at once? Yes, it must be so. Time must be an illusion of man. And my whole thought of not being able to help the people that come after me must be an illusion too. Because in the true view of God, they already exist. By sending me here, God wanted to tell me that he sees the outcome of my efforts and that they are not in vain. But then, how do you know the outcome God sees is a good one? By faith. God wouldn't send me here and show me your painting if in the end evil would win. Tracy shook her head. You think different? 
I think it seems pretty silly of God to send you through time just to show you a painting of some teenager. Wouldn't it have been easier to just tell you, Hey Nathaniel, what you're doing is helping people even after you die, believe me, I know, I'm God. Oh, and by the way, time is an illusion. Maybe he thought this way would be more effective, Nathaniel said. Well, yeah, I guess they say that God works in mysterious ways. They do. <laughs> so, do you like it? Tracy asked. My sketch? Very much. You can keep it if you like. I've got to go now, it's getting late. Will you be here tomorrow? I could come by after school. I don't know. Well, I hope so. But if not, I hope you get back safe to wherever you came from. And you, Tracy, of the United Kingdom of Apple Store. That's just silly, Tracy said and waved goodbye. Nathaniel sat down, leaned against the tree and concentrated on his breathing. And from an untraveled place, an unspoken truth smiled at them. Welcome back, listeners. I hope you enjoyed the story. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Marble Machine Podcast. If you enjoyed it and want Tim and me to continue and keep the Marble Machine Podcast alive, visit us on our new Patreon page and donate whatever you can give. Also, check out our website for news and behind-the-scenes material. Well, as in the last episode, Tim and the Marble Machine are fast asleep. And I think I will join them. Hear us soon, and be on the lookout, for the next marble will drop.